Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast where I share my journey writing my first novel. I am a small business owner and entrepreneur living on the coast of Maine with my cat and my husband. I mentioned in the last episode that I was like in a funk and coming out of like this sort of depressive state and um, I've been avoiding looking at how much I've been walking on my iPhone app that tracks your steps and I finally the other day looked at it and it's lower for November and December than I've ever like that ever um so it's really bad and I think that was just like the kick that I needed um to realize like yes that was kind of like a state of depression and I need to stop that and I need to get out and at the very least I need to go walk um and I've been listening I'll talk about all this but I've been listening to an audiobook but I can't help but have my wheels be turning as I'm doing my walk thinking about everything and everywhere thinking about where I'm at in this journey and also I'm really glad because it's like colder there's nobody out to let no dogs barking or no no people walking by and hardly any cars so um I'm going to record this episode and what I wanted to start out with was first of all getting outside and walking and exercising your body. I've said this before, it's just so good for you. It's so good for your creativity. And so for the past couple days, I've been just getting out and walking and listening to an audiobook. And the problem with me, something I've also mentioned before, is that I'm zero or a hundred. And so this winter, I would have wanted to do my rock climbing at the Y. Um, the Y is open, but I don't want unnecessary exposure to COVID and the rock wall is closed and I I love swimming but it's just not as motivating for me and again there's COVID so I just I'm just not going I'm paying for this membership and I'm just not going um so I think part of the depression that I was in was part of that um trying to figure out like okay what am I supposed to do instead it gets too cold out here to go for my runs it gets too cold out here to walk so what am I gonna do and when it gets too cold even when the ground is fine even when there's no snow or ice um, if I run in the cold I get really congested and my my sinuses just get really really bad Um, it's not fun it's kind of painful and not enjoyable Um, so I got over that hump. It's not so cold at the moment that I can't just go for walks. Um, So I just put on my coat and my hat and everything and I'm going on this walk and until it's so bad that I I can't go outside, say if there's like several feet of snow, which probably won't even happen. um, I can be walking throughout the winter and even walking is something 
even though I can't run, even though I can't like do the real workouts that I prefer to do when I'm working out, it's something. Like I'm getting off my butt and I'm getting my blood flowing and I'm getting everything moving and it's and it's good. It's just good to do. And of course, I started recording this episode at the end of my my street where it like um turns off from the highway. So I walk all the way down to the stop sign and there's this big hill that I walk down and then I walk up it. And normally I'm not recording the podcast episodes out here because it's there's normally like too many people out. Um, and also I'm about to start huffing up this hill. <laughs> so please bear with me with that. Um, a few things have been going through my mind as I'm doing this walk. And one of them was what really put me over to just stop my my audiobook was my thought that the more questions you answer in your novel, the better off you are. The more streamlined it will be, um, the less questions the reader is left with. Um, and I've been on this journey trying to find not only what kind of books I prefer to read but also like what my style is and what kind of genre aside from just like the sci-fi fantasy realm what genre do I write in what do I prefer and it's really hard because like genre can get so specific and like if you are if you listen to any of the story grid stuff it's not just like the world building that makes the genre. It's really kind of like the style and like what happens, what kind of beats happen, um, what is going on to the characters. That kind of defines what genre you're writing in. So I've been trying to figure that out. And I've actually... So I mentioned that I was rereading Harry Potter... I have yet to get through them. I actually stopped on book three and gave it to my husband because he's never read them before and I'm just letting him like get ahead of me. And also I had like a library book to read and like other books and I'm just like piling the books on and sometimes I'm reading like Amazon um, book previews instead. Like it's quite the journey. So I was realizing this is almost the top of the hill. Um... I was realizing that the only book that I've actually finished since I started reading again, I think, I've started so many books, um, the only one that I've actually finished was Dawn by Octavia Butler. And thinking back to it and thinking about the books that I've started since then, um, that book I literally could not put down and while it didn't like really stick with me it was so interesting to me that I I I literally could not put it down and that makes me want to reread it just to figure out like what was it about that book that the other books don't have so I've got this nice little lineup of audiobooks that I want to start reading or listening to just to like get through the to the end and there's a car passing by and my nose is dripping and 
it's not even that cold out. So, um, I have this lineup of books and I have yet to find another book or finish another book since dawn that, that really grips me. And I think I found one. I'm waiting for it to be available at the library situation I've got. And it's called, um, the midnight library. And I think that one, I read the preview and I think that one's really going to take me on a journey and I'm excited about that. Um, and I think that's what I want my writing to do. So I'm listening to this, uh, this book. I'm not going to name the ones that I kind of don't really love because, uh, I don't love them and I'm going to kind of just critique them and say what I don't like about them. So I'm reading this relatively popular author that a lot of people um, have been passing around over this past year, and she's got a lot of different series, and I'm reading one, listening to one, and it kept me engaged for a while, but then as it's been going on, I think I'm over halfway through it, the questions never get answered, and like it just keeps going and there's not enough action. There's not enough like interesting things happening. And the flow of the writing itself feels just a little stagnant to me and hard to follow. Um, it just feels like jumpy, like it's all over the place. And it, it doesn't have like the right beats to like react to things. Um, but it's a really popular book. It's a really popular series. It's a really popular author. And it gives me hope because every book is different and not all books are quite as complete as they could be. And if you have like a certain standard for your own writing, and I'm not trying to bash this one particular author, but if you have a certain standard and you're trying to reach that standard and you've got like, I have really high standards for myself and that makes it hard to like actually get anything done. Like literally in anything in my life, I've got this green room project that I've been doing since I moved into my house. It's been two years and like it just sits there and I work on it a little bit at a time and it never gets anywhere. And I have different priorities. It's not a priority. So I just have like these perfectionist standards and just... This is not this is not the episode I wanted to record actually. I I didn't want to talk about like perfectionism or anything. I'm just trying to convey that every book is different and every book is going to resonate with a different person and I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but I think I think you get it right? Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> I just... Anyways, the, the the questions in this audiobook that I'm listening to, like, yeah, that I'm listening to, the questions that are there, it's sort of incomplete. And as I'm going through my novel, I'm thinking about all the tiny, tiny little details, all the way to like, 
what are they wearing and am I making sure that what they're wearing is the same throughout and I stopped including clothing descriptions just because I want to add that back in later and just make sure it's all like similar and then the biggest thing that I've been learning this this month is not backstory because backstory to me the word itself reminds me of things that happened in the past that are irrelevant to the actual story but backstory and context kind of go together and you need to weave those in not necessarily backstory but a little bit you need to weave those in for context to answer all of the tiny tiny little questions that pop up as you read through a novel so tiny as to um, so I'll give you specific examples because I'm I'm working on a little tiny section of my novel, editing it with a developmental editor, and there's there's a moment where Crimsy's sister it's really close to the beginning, so it doesn't really even reveal anything. But Crimsy's sister is like late for something; she's testing into an internship thing for a non-viable transitus and there's a difference between viable and non-viable and she is waking Crimsy up he had a rough night the night before and they're having this exchange and she's like don't call me Ellie call me PETA it's PETA now and the developmental editor that I'm working with through this class, through Margie Lawson. Her name is Jen Woodrow. And she was asking, why? Why does she want to be called PETA? And those tiny little questions that pop up as somebody reads your novel or as you read it, somebody else is more likely to catch the questions. But those questions, if you answer them in the right way, in the in the text of your novel, it could potentially only add like a couple of words. Um, I think what I had added was, uh, I don't know if she's going to like it, but the the solution that I found to answer that question was just uh, that Crimsy thinks that she's growing up too quick. And he's like, I'm not going to call her that. Just like a little internalization when she says it. Um, I, I put it in text a lot better than what I just said, but you get the idea. And also throughout this, this scene, there were other questions that I answered that gave me a lot of hope because as I answered them, because I already know the history of these characters, I could answer them in a way that wasn't like giving you backstory, but was just giving you context. Context for the motivations behind what each character is doing. For example, I had it so that Crimsy was kind of like reflecting a little bit on how his sister looked a lot like his father. And the question that came up was, well, is that a good thing or a bad thing that she reminds him of his father? Because it's not there. The context was not there. 
and I enriched that whole section. I actually ended up adding quite a few words to just that chapter as a whole. Probably in total, I might have added 500 words to the chapter after answering like all of the little questions. And I enriched that passage just with the context of his father having died and the context of his mother having stopped mothering them and how he has to raise his little sister. But it's not like, I'm not saying Crimsey had to raise his little sister. I'm answering the question as to why he's looking at her and seeing his father there and why that's why that makes him sad in a fresh way. I'm answering it freshly with words that don't tell, that kind of like show the story and it shows these little internalizations. So the reason why I wanted to record this episode was because of these little questions that go unanswered in the audiobook I'm listening to and how detailed I'm getting in my own book. And I can beat myself up all day long about all these tiny little details. But at the end of the day, I will have done as many tiny little details as I can to provide that context and to provide a really rich read for my readers. And for readers that will appreciate that level of writing, that level of... So this this goes back into what kind of book am I writing? And I, I still haven't figured it out. And this morning I wrote this scene that is really gut-wrenching. And the reason why, what actually inspired part of this gut-wrenching feeling that I added into this new scene was just this feeling that I did get from this audiobook when it was describing something disgusting. And I was like, oh, that gave me a really visceral response. I'm hearing this description and I hate it. Like, I'm cringing. It's gross. Yuck. And nothing gross happens in my book, but it's it's more sad than anything. It's really sad. Um, I'm, I'm playing with this, not playing, but um, this scene, there's a dead body and it's a little girl and it's terrible. Like that's, this is the beginning of the book. Um, and that leads me into like, why is my book so gut wrenching like this? Why is it so sad? And I feel like I need to get to the bottom of that. I feel like I need to get to the bottom of the reasoning. Like, why do I write such sad things? Um, And is there a market for such sad things? And I think there is. I was just thinking about Ender's Game and how truly devastating that book actually is. Though I think the... um, the sad like death scenes like the those moments are really pared down so maybe I should do that I think what I'm really trying to figure out is how much is too much like do you lean into your strengths or do you do you try to pull back from that to make it less intense less depressing I don't know I I really don't know about that 
Um, so many thoughts, so many thoughts in my head around this because I, I really just don't know what to do. And I've been mentioning like threading this little um, ray of light throughout this little budding romance. And I think I can play up those emotions like to counterbalance the really sad, gut-wrenching moments. Yeah, does anyone want to read a really depressing book? I think I think it's a book that I would read, I guess. And then the other thing about my style is it keeps you wanting more answers. Like, so you get the answers you need when you need them. And you have the context there. The little answers that that um if the if the character you're writing about knows about this thing, probably unless it's like a big reveal, your your reader should know the thing. And I didn't realize that I thought that context kind of like came naturally. But you have to add it in there. And I did not realize that. So I actually played with this little scene not too long ago, adding in like the description of like what is a transitus and what is non-viable versus viable. And that context wasn't anywhere in that book. And I, for some reason, thought that, you know, the reader would just figure it out. And that's not how it works. You have to add it in there. You have to be clever and make it feel like when you're reading the book, like the context isn't there, that it's just slowly guiding you, um, that you're slowly kind of getting it for yourself. You're mining that information yourself, but it's actually there. You have to put it in there. You have to be very deliberate with the information that you feed your reader. So this, yeah, this whole, um, this whole thing has been really interesting because I'm getting really close to finishing my rough draft, my kind of like first, maybe 1.5 rough draft. Um, and then I will turn that draft and like really polish those chapters and either like tone down the depressing parts and like bump up the happy parts or bump it all up, just make it really intense. I don't know. I think it's an intense book. So I, I, if, if it's, if it's just like, I'm struggling here because it's so sad and I don't know what to say about that. Like I just need to find books I need to read more books, first of all. That's the other thing about this conversation, is finding books that I actually like is turning out to be really difficult. So, like, I really enjoyed Dawn, and I could read the rest of the series, but it didn't pull me into the, like, the overall plot enough. Like, it was a good standalone book, I feel. Um, but I'm, like, playing with different genres and like looking at different styles and like how each book is written and I would also like to actually get to the end of some of these books so that's why I'm like muscling through this audiobook it's really not that bad but it's not that great either and I'm curious like what book two is going to be like because it's 
it's not the worst book ever. It's, it's pretty good. It's just, there's too many unanswered questions and like the hopping around, it's just a little too much for me. It's a little, it's a little cliche. Um, so yeah, I, I guess maybe I should like look for some depressing books and see what they do. I think that's the conclusion of this episode is like, find some really heart-wrenching books. But I think the thing with those, like, I just, the thing that makes me, like, the saddest when I watch movies, like, I'm bawling my eyes out, is, like, cancer movies. And I haven't watched very many of them. But even the cartoon, even the animation up, I don't think it was necessarily cancer, but, like, the dude's wife died, and in the first ten minutes you're just bawling your eyes out. But then it's always, like, uplifting at the end. And I think that's my problem because my book, the the concept behind it is uplifting in nature. It's like, it gets you really to think about life and humanity, like the society we live in. It really gets you thinking about just how we are all interconnected with the way that I did the ending. But um, the storyline has a really sad ending. And I'm even trying to play with like different versions of that ending. Like, what do I need to do to make this better? I really don't know. So... I guess I'm just a depressing person. (laughs) All of my poems that I've ever written were, like, inspired when I was sad. Um, They usually just have this really somber note. And I feel like that's what my book has. And I don't know where that influence is coming from. I, I know I was talking a lot about, like, black sails in the past when I was trying to plot out my my next book series and that's got like a lot of death and stuff and a lot of action but there's always something at the end that makes it more bearable but maybe I just have to rely on my more ambiguous theme as the bearable thing that you've got to think about at the end. Maybe the end is just the end and then the bearable thing is is the interconnectedness that I weave throughout the book. So there are a lot of details, a lot of questions to be answered, so many questions. And I'm getting close to finishing this draft And then I'm getting close to figuring out how long it's going to take me to polish up the whole thing. Um, The the edits that I'm doing, I'm working on like just three chapters of the book. And so far, like two of the chapters took me two to three days, I guess, to like really weave in those answers. And then sometimes the answers aren't going to be in the place that the question was asked. 
sometimes you've got to look backwards and see where you might be able to answer the question earlier or where it might, where the context might be smoother to add in. Um, I hope I'm making sense because I'm getting really, really deep into the thought process of constructing this novel and like now that it's basically constructed it's constructing the beats now rather than constructing the novel as a whole I'm having to construct the little tiny beats of the story and that is so detailed and if you do it that way like great for you If you don't do it that way, I think there are plenty of other books and writers that are successful that don't answer those tiny, tiny little beats that don't go that in depth. And I think that's what I was trying to get at when I was talking about this audiobook that I'm reading, listening to. You don't have to do every little beat, but if you do, it will be great. So, like, the more beats you have in you to give, the better your book will be. Like, just every little beat, every little tiny, tiny bit of editing or tweaking on the interactions, everything you can give to that piece of your novel, you're just going to be elevating it more and more every single time. And just, it'll slowly click closer and closer to place that it needs to be it'll so I am not terribly worried about like the depressing nature of my book just because I can play it down or play it up I can go back and really amp up those happy moments I can turn something more somber into something more uplifting potentially I don't know how to do like a death scene that's uplifting but Um, there's not too many of those, so (laughs) there's just a few elements. But anyways, I can go back through and, like, figure out what is too much and what could have more to it, I guess. And it all just goes back to context for me. Context and motivation and amping up the stakes And I feel like I've grown as a writer so much since I started doing this again. Because before, my only tools were what do they hear? What do they smell? What do they see? What do they feel? You know, the five senses was my only tool for writing before this. The five senses and my imagination and like whatever I thought was going to happen. And now... Now I have stakes. Now I have context and backstory. Now I have all of these beautiful, interesting tools that will enrich my writing. And just like each each new tool adds to your arsenal and makes your book even richer. And makes you go a little more crazy every day. Because there's so much that goes into this book that goes into my book. There's so much there that needs to change, that needs to be polished. And it's a lot to write a book. So if you've finished a draft at all, ever, at any point in your life, 
you should give yourself a pat on the back because it's freaking hard. And if you've published a novel, even if it's not as good as you wanted it to be, like, that's amazing too. Like, that's fantastic. It's probably, like, the best superpower ever to, like, give your novel over to, you know, the powers that be or whatever, like, to the publishing powers to publish it despite not feeling like it's completely 100% there. Like, there are so many questions to be answered. I doubt that every single question can possibly answer be answered in every single book that was made. It's not possible. And I think I will have the ability to, like, turn the book over and just be like, I am done. But I know there are perfectionists out there and there are people that have a hard time with that. So, like, that ability to do so, to just say that you are done, that is probably a superpower. I think there might have been more things that I wanted to talk about, but considering how long this episode is getting, I think I'm probably done. And yeah. Thanks for listening. I hope you will subscribe to my mailing list, updates list for whenever my book is done, and I'll talk to you next time.